Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map, and that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find somewhere to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. A couple of years ago, I was reading for my devotions in Matthew chapter 14 and came across, of course, this passage starting in verse number 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? As I was reading this passage a couple of years ago, I always have a pen with me to make sure I can write down anything that the Lord brings to mind or gives me. And I immediately filled in, if you were to look in my Bible, you would see notes written in black from that morning from where God gave me just a thought that I want to share with you today on helping the fallen. Helping the fallen. There's a Bible passage that talks about when ye fail. It doesn't say if ye fail, it says when ye fail. And Christ goes on to give some things that we should do when we fail. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Listen to me, friend. There will be times in my life and in your life when we fail, when we fall, right? The Bible says that a righteous man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Seven times. That was Proverbs 24, 16. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Look, it's not a matter of if you'll be knocked off your feet one day. It's a matter of when. 
We all have failures. We all have times where we fall and where we falter. You look at, the Bible talks about in the book of, I believe it's 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians, where it talks about how everything written in the Old Testament is written as an example, as an example to us to follow so that we don't commit the same mistake. Because that's what we are capable of. The Bible warns us to take heed lest we fall, because if we don't take heed to the stories that we have seen from the Old Testament where great men of God fell, then we could wind up in the same boat. That passage, and I looked it up real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and the verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Paul warns the Corinthian church, and in so doing, warns you and I through God's forever preserved word of God, and says, hey, take heed unto these things lest he fall. You go back and you look at David, who fell. Right? The Bible says, I believe it's in 1 Kings chapter 15, that David followed all the commands of God, save in the moment of David, Bathsheba, and his sin against Uriah. He fell. You look at Noah, right after the flood, fell. You look at Abraham going down into Egypt, fell. You look at great men of God in Scripture who fell, they fell failed, they did wrong, and the same thing will happen to you and I. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because we are human flesh. I think the songwriter, when he wrote, Come Thou Found, he had it um, written down pretty well. Is, is the title actually, Come Thou Found? Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, whatever that song is. But in the second verse, I think it says, Prone to Wander, Lord, I Feel It. We're prone to wander. We're prone to fall. You undoubtedly know somebody in your life who has fallen, who has failed, who has fell. And as I sat there a couple years ago reading over this passage of a man who, in this passage, both physically and spiritually, what did Peter do? He fell. He fell. I want to give you some things this morning that, or this evening, or whenever you listen, that will enable you to help the fallen. Enable you to help the fallen. Let's jump right into that. Before we do, though, let me thank you for being a listener of Sandy Creek Stirrings. If you have not clicked the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, um, good night, good night. There's so many different uh, platforms you can listen on. If you not have not clicked subscribe, let me encourage you to do that. All these episodes will go directly to you whenever we release a new one, and we release new episodes every Tuesday and every Friday. Let me encourage you to do that. If you ever have any questions, you can email those to joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. What can you do to help the fallen? Number one, they need someone with a helping hand. They need someone with a helping hand. You and I, as we continue our walk as Christians, our goal is to be as much like Christ as we can possibly be. 
We want to emulate his every action, everything he did, we want to incorporate into our lives. And one thing in this story, when we look at the example of what Jesus did, I believe this can help the fallen. And we see immediately that Jesus was someone who, for Peter, Jesus had a helping hand. You look in verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. There's some things I noticed about this helping hand that Jesus extended. The first thing I see about this hand is that it was immediate and not delayed. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. Look, friend, if there's somebody in your life who has fallen and they are struggling, now is the time to extend the helping hand. Don't say, well, I'll help him in two weeks. Don't say, I'll help him in a month. That won't be help anymore. Extend the helping hand now. Make it immediate and do not delay it. The second thing I see was that not only was it immediate, but it was personal. Notice what it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. He didn't say, Andrew, hey, your brother's slipping. Can you go help him real quick? He didn't say, hey, uh, John, you know, you're, you're, you're a very close disciple to me. Do you think you can come over here and, you know, help Peter get up? No, Jesus stretched forth his hand. We need to be very careful that when somebody around us has fallen, we don't go to the preacher and say, hey, preacher, this person needs help. Now, if the preacher doesn't know, the preacher needs to know, and he can help as well. Let me tell you, friend, you know somebody who's fallen. You know someone who's struggling. Extend your hand. Instead of gossiping, instead of backbiting, instead of going around this way and that way and, and doing this and doing that, why don't you extend your hand? Why don't you personally get involved in trying to help the person who has fallen? I see next that this hand actually helped. Actually helped. And Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Jesus wasn't like, you can do it, Peter. You can do it, buddy. Come on, just get back up, man. You're okay. You'll be all right. Let's just get back up. Come on, buddy. Let's do this. No, he stretched forth his hand. It was immediate. It was personal, and it actually helped. So many times we want to try and go to somebody who has fallen, and we want to tell them how to get right instead of showing them. Instead of, instead of coming alongside them and putting our arm around them and helping them to stand up and get back to where they need to be and, and walking with them and helping them through the trial or through whatever they're going, whatever caused the fall and the failure, walking with them through that, instead of that, we say, hey, here's what you need to do. Hey, why don't you try this? Hey, I've got a good idea. Why don't you do this? Now, those may be good ideas. They may be good recommendations. But why don't you first get alongside that person and say, hey, let me walk with you. I see that you're struggling with alcohol. Hey, why don't you let me help you? Why don't we go to some counseling and I'll go with you. I will stand by your side. I will help you. Hey, hey, I see that you have been struggling with pornography. You admitted it and you said you're struggling. Hey, why don't we get some accountability software and I will be your accountability so I'll be your accountability partner. I will walk with you through this. Hey, I, the, the death of a loved one has caused you to, to stumble spiritually. Hey, why don't we spend some extra time together? Why don't we go out to eat? Why don't we, why don't we fellowship together? Why don't we spend some time studying the Word of God? Why don't, why don't I sit with you during church? Why not, instead of just telling them what to do, why don't we get alongside them and do something that actually helps?
Number one, they need someone with a helping hand. Number two, they need someone who loves them and accepts them in spite of their failures. They need someone who loves them and accepts them in spite of their failures. Jesus did not look at Peter and say, you failed. Now, why don't you sink a little bit? No, no, no. Jesus still loved Peter. Jesus still wanted to be with Peter. Jesus still had some things he had for Peter to do. Be very careful. Be very careful that you don't mm, bash, should I say, cut down, talk bad about people who have fallen because they fell. We're all capable of falling. We are all capable of doing wrong and put in the same circumstances as those people, we might make the same decision. We're all prone to wander. So be very careful about, you know, the, a lot of times the, the media and the IFB police, as I'll, I'll call them, like to focus on men of God who fell. Maybe it was a pastor and he fell into sin and he did wrong. And he goes to jail and he gets his heart right and he pays his time and he pays for his crime and he comes out and we still want to talk bad about him and still want to basically try and push him back to where he was. Can I just say it may just be that God still has a job for that man to do. And if they got their heart right and they repented and they paid their time, then maybe it's about time we said, hey, what does God have for them to do? Now, does that mean there's not consequences? Sure. There's a pastor, a very well-known pastor, who was just released from prison a, a, a week ago, two weeks ago now. And um, yeah, there's some things that he's going to have. He's going to have some. He's going to have sex offender, sex predator on his on his list. Everywhere he goes now, his address is going to be listed. There's some consequences he's going to have to face. But let me tell you something. Do not dismiss that there might be a job that God has for him to do. And you say, no, 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 he can't be trusted again. No, no, no. There's nothing God can ever use him for. Then you might as well take the books written about David and throw it out. You might as well take the books of Psalm and throw it out because David fell, but God still had a job for him to do. You might as well take First and Second Peter and throw them out because Peter fell, but God still had a job for him to do. You might as well take half of the book of Jeremiah and throw it out because there was a time where Jeremiah fell and said, you know what, I'm not even going to speak your name anymore, God. He fell, but you might as well throw it out if you're not willing to say that God still might have a job for them to do if they get back up. If they stay down, they're not going to do much for God. But if they get back up, friend, they need someone who will come alongside them and who will love them and who will help them despite their failures. Can I tell you this? They don't need someone, and I don't even believe they want someone who just ignores their failures like it never happened. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't pretend like Peter's failure never happened. No, he helped him up, and then he said this. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Jesus immediately went to the problem and said, Hey, yeah, you have some issues. Yeah, you have some failures, but I am here to help you, and I'm here to help you get back up. I'm here to walk alongside you. I'm here to help you get back to your feet because I still have a job for you to do. By the way, this would not be Peter's only time that he fell. 
You go just, I don't know how much longer later, I don't have necessarily a timeline, but a little bit later, Peter's going to curse and say he's not with the man who helped him back up, Jesus Christ. I'm not with him. I don't know who he is, really, Peter. You're the one who is drowning in the water on the Sea of Galilee, and he's the one who picked you up, who put you back in the boat, who got you back on your feet, who still has a job for you to do. He's the one who helped you, and you're going to say you don't even know him. Peter fell again, but God still had a job for him to do. Can I remind you who preached Pentecost? Peter. Can I remind you who opened the door to the Gentile world for the gospel? Who did God use? Peter. Can I remind you who wrote the books of First and Second Peter? Hello, Peter did. They need someone who's going to love them despite their failures. Despite their failures. Number three, they need a place of safety rather than resistance. They need a place of safety rather than resistance. Verse 32, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. They need a place they can go to where instead of people pushing them out, instead of people who, when when that person walks in the church door and says, oh, that person fell. Oh, that person did wrong. Oh, that person is a failure. Oh, that person, we can't trust them anymore. No, they need somewhere that is safe. Somewhere where there's some people who are willing to forgive. Somewhere, can I put it this way, who are people who are willing to be Christ-like. If I if I can go back real quick to, to that illustration I used just a second ago about that well-known pastor who was just released for prison. Um, I think he's been in prison for like 10 years now or, or maybe 8 years. I'm not completely sure how long it's been. I think it's like 10 years now. And he's been in prison for a long time. He's paid his time. He's still facing some consequences that are going to stay with him for the rest of his life. But can I ask you this? What would your response be if he walked in your church door this Sunday morning? Now, yeah, there's going to be some things he can't do, and yeah, there's going to be some people who don't like it, but let me ask you, what's your response going to be? And you say, I don't really know, then think about it this way. What do you think Jesus' response would be? Do you think if that man were to walk on into the auditorium that Jesus would go and stand on the other side of the auditorium, collect his family, and leave? Do you really think that's what Jesus would do? Now, I, I, I'm sitting here on a, on a podcast. I don't know that gentleman's heart. I don't know his heart after getting out of prison. I don't know if he's gotten things right. I don't know if he thinks it's a funny situation and he hasn't gotten anything right. I don't know if he's repented. That's a different conversation, though. That's not even what I'm talking about. But let's put it this way. Let's say he got his heart right. Let's say he's repented of it. Let's say he's gotten right with God. Let's say he's, he's, he has paid his time. Let's say all those things are in order. What would your response be? Because how can we ever expect the fallen to get back up if they have every place they go is a place full of Christians who resist them because they fell? They need a place of safety rather than resistance. I see next that they need people who are more focused on God than on that person's failures. They need people who are more focused on God than that person's failures. Verse number 33 says, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him. 
who's him, Jesus, saying of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I don't see anywhere where they gathered around Peter and laughed at him. I don't see anywhere around there where they mocked Peter. Oh, Peter, you fell. Oh, Peter, you're a failure. Oh, Peter, we can't believe you did that. Oh, Peter, you always stick your foot in your mouth. You're some great spiritual leader. Look at you. You fell. I don't find that anywhere. I find some people who, instead of focusing on that person's failures and what they did wrong and their hypocrisy and their fall, I see people who instead, they were in the ship and they were more focused on worshiping God and giving him glory for having rescued a life than focusing on the failure. I see people who are more focused on the blessings of God than on that person's failure. I see people who are more focused on giving God worship and praise than on that person's failure. And can I tell you this, in that situation we just used, that man walks in the back door of your church. Let me ask you, what are you more focused on, that person's problems, or are you more focused on God? What are you focused on, friend? I'm not saying you deny their failures. I just said in point number two, they need someone who loves them and accepts them in spite of their failures, and they don't want everyone to act like it never happened. I'm not saying deny anything ever happened. I'm not saying don't say they did wrong. Sure, they did wrong. But quit. Quit being the person who's going to stand there and mock them and talk bad about them and bash them and try to basically push them back to the place they were. Why don't you focus more on worshiping God? There's a situation in in my personal life where someone who really meant a lot to me fell, and they did wrong, and spiritually they are still fallen, I might say. Because now they're to the point to where they publicly and openly are biblically, can I put it this way, they're biblically illiterate. They are literally leading people away from biblical truth. They are literally teaching things that are false. And you know what? If I'm not so careful, though this person doesn't talk to me anymore, though this person wants nothing to do with me, if I'm not careful, I can get so caught up and focused on them and their problems and how they've hurt me and how they've pained different situations in my life. I can get so caught up in that that I forget that there is a God who loves me. There is a God who still wants me to serve him. There is a God who still needs my praise and worship. There's still a God who wants to walk with me. And if I'm not careful, I can let all the problems of that failure of that person take away my focus from where it should be, and that's God. If you want to help the fallen, focus more on praising God than on their failures. Next, they need people who are more focused on God's next destination for them rather than their past pitfalls. They need people who are more focused on God's next destination for them rather than their past pitfalls. Verse 33, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of, and however you pronounce it, Gennesaret. Notice what these men in the ship were. They weren't so focused on Peter's failures and pitfalls 
they instead were focused on what God had next for them. God still had a job, as I've already said, God still had a job for Peter to do. God still had another destination for Peter to go to as long as he would keep getting back up. A just man falleth seven times and riseth again. As long as you keep getting back up, God still has future destinations. God still has future plans for you if you'll take all the broken pieces and give them to God. And if you want to help the fallen, then quit focusing on where that person has been and what they've done and instead start focusing on, hey, here's what God has for you next. Sometimes you can come across somebody who has fallen and they've got themselves into a literal mess. But you know what? Maybe it's about time instead of talking about the mess, we start encouraging them, you know what? God has a plan for your life. God still wants to do something great through you. God still has something great for you to do with your life. God still has a place for you to serve. Why don't we focus more on that than all the past pitfalls and failures of their life? So extend a helping hand to the fallen. Again, point number one was they need someone with a helping hand, someone who has an immediate hand, someone who gives a personal hand, someone who gives a hand that actually helps. Can I just remind you, John Mark, John Mark from the book of Acts, point number one helped him when Barnabas came along and extended his personal hand to John Mark to help him back up. Number two was they need someone who loves them and accepts them in spite of their failures. Can I just tell you point number two helps Saul become Paul because of, again, Barnabas. Barnabas said, hey, I know you failed and I know you've had failures, but let me tell you something. I'm willing to help you and I'm willing to come alongside you and love you and help you into the grace of God despite your failures. Point number three, help Paul stick with his newfound faith. Point three was they need a place of safety rather than resistance. Paul got into that church. You know what allowed Paul to stick and become the great missionary that he was is because there was some people and some churches in the New Testament who wanted to help this man be everything he could be for God, and Paul found a place of safety rather than resistance. It wasn't every place like that, though. There were some places that kicked him out, but he finally found some places of safety rather than resistance. Point number four was they need people who are more focused on God than on their failures. Can I just tell you this? Point number four helped Mary Magdalene just worship her master. She had all the failures and issues of life, but you know what? She determined she was going to be more focused on God than in all her issues and failures, and that just helped her to worship God. Point number five was they need people who are more focused on God's next destination for them rather than their past pitfalls. And point number five helped Moses stay a great man of God because there was always that next destination. There was always something else for God to do through him and with him in his life. Help the fallen. Last but not least, not to, not to parrot what we've already gone over, but can I give a quick word to the fallen? If you're somebody who you've fallen and you're having a hard time getting back up, can I tell you what to do? Number one, cry out to Christ. Notice what Peter did. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Can I just tell you this, though? Peter failed in losing some of his faith some of his faith, not his face, some of his faith, the best thing Peter could have ever done was cry out to the Lord. That's the best thing. He did exactly what he needed to do. He cried out to the Lord. 
Number two, can I tell you this? You need to accept extended hands of help. Quit quit slapping them away because you think nobody should know about your situation. Quit slapping away the hands of help because you are embarrassed of your situation and your failures and your pitfalls. Accept the help. Number three, get in amongst the church rather than abstaining from it. You say, well, everybody's just going to look down on me. Everybody's going to make fun of me. You know what? There might be some churches like that. They're bad churches. They are resisting the work that God can do with your life. Find a church that is a place of safety. That is still preaching biblical, still going to step on your toes. They're not going to deny that, yeah, you messed up and, yeah, you did wrong. But we're willing to help you achieve what God has next for you. Number four, realize God still needs to be glorified and he can use your situation. God still needs to be glorified, and he might be able to use your situation to receive some glory. That you know what? I once was lost, but now am fine, was blind, but now I see. You know what? He might be able to use your situation for his glory. Number five, you need to focus on the steps ahead rather than the footprints behind. Focus on the steps ahead rather than the footprints behind. Yeah, you've been some bad places. Yeah, you've fallen. Yeah, you've messed up. But you know what? There's still some stepping stones ahead to get you back on the right path, to get you back with God, to get you to where you're serving Him and accomplishing things for God with your life. Quit looking at the footprints. Start getting your mind in focus and start serving the Lord. Focus on the steps ahead, not the footprints behind. And then number six, rise up again and do not stay in the fall. Rise up again and do not stay in the fall. Peter had the option. He could have slapped away the hand of Christ and said, you know what, this is just too embarrassing. I'm just going to drown. But no, he, he got up. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Whenever we fall, we do have an option. We can either stay in the fall or we can get up again. Which will you do? So my friend, I don't know how God could use this in your life today. Maybe there's someone you know that has fallen. And they're having a hard time getting back up. And maybe you've been unsure. What can I do to help them? Follow these points and they'll allow you to believe, I, I believe biblically, to help the fallen get back up. Maybe you're somebody who has fallen Follow those six steps, and I believe God will help you to get back up and be able to still do something great with your life for the cause of Christ. Help the fallen. Help the fallen. And as you do, my friend, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.